This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Hello, and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Andrew Clyden, and I'm joined today by David Elliott, founder of The Pulse, and, uh, as if on cue, Oxford, his dog. Uh, we have a delivery coming in, and Oxford is making it known uh, that he loves delivery men. He does. Uh, he loves making a lot of noise and all sorts of disturbances on a regular basis. It's a wonderful thing to have a puppy. You know, just before uh, he, he made himself present here, uh, he was... Kind of laying on top of the the end table here in the conference room. Is that uh, is that a bed for him, or uh, is he just getting creative? I, I think trying to define a bed for him has been rather challenging. He likes the floor. He likes the couch. He likes every single chair. He's told not to sit on. He's uh, he's found a way to sit on everything that he's not supposed to, and sometimes the things he's supposed to. So today uh, we will embark on part six of our look back at the history of The Pulse. Uh, If you haven't listened to a previous episode, I definitely recommend starting at the beginning and going through. Uh, But this week we're going to focus on something uh, uh, adjacent to The Pulse is history, uh, because The Pulse is just one of the products that kind of live underneath the Peninsula uh, publishing and distribution umbrella. So the, The Pulse, then we have the newspaper, Door County Living Magazine, The Door Wedding Guide, among other things. We have the paperboy that delivers the papers, but we also have the Peninsula Pacers, which is the events arm of Peninsula Publishing and Distribution. Is that how you would describe these different uh, elements? Yeah, sure. I think that's that's one way to look at it. I, uh, the the Peninsula Pacers is one thing that involves more people out of this office than necessarily in, like Peninsula Filmworks, Door County Living. We're all kind of underneath this one big umbrella building here, and Pacers has a little bit more reach outside of that, I guess, is one way to look at it. Right. And it's, it's kind of strange talking about the Pacers and, and the half marathon we're going to get into here shortly, uh, right now at the beginning of April, because around this time is when the groundwork would start getting laid to do the marathon, right? Well, yeah, the half marathon, it's a, it's a first Saturday in May. Um, it's a really busy April. It's actually a busy February, March and April. Um, but this month here is usually crazy trying to figure out last minute details that we need to, to fulfill for that event. Right. So the, the half marathon was canceled last year and it is being pushed into October of this year, correct? Correct. It was actually last year it was scheduled and it in May, uh, the first Saturday of May, as I said before, and then pushed to October 31st. And then October 31st came around and it, we weren't really allowed to have events at that time either. Um, and then it was scheduled for May 1st this year and now it's been pushed to October 30th. So we're kind of in our fourth fourth run of the run, so to speak. Right. And things are looking good for October at this point. Uh, if you've been keeping up with sort of the vaccine news that Miles and I have been talking about, we're, we're in a pretty good spot and it looks like things are going to, to be progressing. There are some events that have been canceled already early in the, in the year so far. Uh, and I, I feel that that's the right move for that. But uh, I think by October, putting on an event like this safely is, is definitely within the grasp. That's the idea. Yeah. So why don't we start at the beginning? Uh, take me back to uh, the the day that the Peninsula Pacers was kind of born. And it was born from conversations about the Door County Half Marathon, correct? It, it was, yeah. Uh, and actually, the Peninsula Pacers came almost after the Half Marathon. The Half Marathon was... Uh, it was a concoction that started actually with breakfast at Al Johnson's. I was there with my now in-laws and then girlfriend. And uh, Lars is a long-distance runner and had been for years. And my wife worked for 
Al Johnson's as a waitress at one point. So she had become good friends with Lars and the two of them were talking about long distance running. And then it came into a, why don't, why don't we have a run in Door County? Why don't we have a long distance run? We have a lot of shorter runs. We have the, at that time we had the blossom run. We did that. There was a 5k in the park as well. And then there was a run at fall fest and there were some kind of smaller ones in between, but there was nothing that was over. It was like a half marathon size. Right. It, it's so funny thinking back, too, because there are so many longer runs and, and many of them are part of the Peninsula Pacers. Uh, but to, to think back to just 2008, there wasn't a, a large scale run at the, the size that the half marathon is. No, not at all. Uh, and Michael Brecky was a part of the initial conversations as well, right? Absolutely. Michael was a friend of mine and a friend of Lars's. He's a regular, was a regular diner at Al Johnson's. And uh, his wife, um, Betsy, had been a race organizer and marathon organizer for years. She'd uh, volunteered with the Boston Marathon. She'd helped organize the Kansas City Marathon. So Michael had one, had lots of toes in that water, so to speak, and invited his wife in to participate and have conversations. And it, and it grew from there. Now, I, I've met Lars, but I've never met Michael Breckley, but I know that he also had a hand in right on Door County as well. Yeah, Michael was a pastor up here for many years. Um, he actually married my wife and I. I, I, I owe a debt to, to Michael, and he would tell me that on a regular basis. He's a wonderful man, um, cares a lot about different people in the community, and has he's done a lot for us, yes, here in Door County. Um, and it, it really was just Michael... Lars and I sitting around a, a, a table at Al's and having some pancakes and talking through a little bit more about how we could make this work and how could we get pull a half marathon off. And that's when Betsy got involved. And then we invited Brian Fitzgerald in um, because he had, he was, Brian was a very experienced um, and accomplished long distance runner in college. So he knew all about that side of things and he'd organized events before. Mary Knudsen also was an early member in, in doing this. She came in and helped organize a lot of this stuff for us. And uh, Allison Broman came around the table and uh, and Freddie as well. So the other kind of big component about the preliminary talks about this was what time of year do you do it in, right? And and choosing uh, that beginning of May date that was purposeful, right? Yes, it was because there are a lot of long distance marathons actually in the Midwest in the fall of the of of the calendar year. You know, you got Chicago Marathon October, the the Minneapolis Marathon is in October. Uh, you got those larger events, but there really wasn't anything in the early spring for a longer distance event. It's harder to train in the Midwest for a, a long run in the early spring when most of the time it's the, the six months you need prior to train for a half marathon or a marathon. It's just not available because the weather, the weather doesn't permit it. Um, but we were looking at trying to expand the season a little bit. And you look at early May is always, it's touch and go a little bit with weather, but there's a possibility the blossoms are coming out. It might be a beautiful time. It might be rainy. It might, you might get snow. One year we had snow on April 30th, but um, we were thinking that maybe we can bring some people in to enjoy the weather. We knew that temperature wise, it'd be perfect for a run. It's right usually in that between fifties and maybe as high as 70, but it's usually a nice cool temp. So it's perfect for runners. Yeah, I find that in my experience with the half marathon, it's either on like the first beautiful day of the year or we miss that by like one day and it rains. Yeah. But more often than not, it's been pretty gloomy leading up to that day. And then all the clouds go away and it's the first like really gorgeous day of the year. We've been very blessed with weather um, and all sorts of uh, strange environmental impacts. One of the, one of the years, uh, uh, an osprey actually dropped a fish right in front of one of the first place runner at one point through the course. So we've had all sorts of natural wonders and, and uh beautification, so to speak, in those days. Right. You talk about trying to kind of expand the season a little bit. Take me back to the 
the early odds before the half marathon were were the shoulder seasons a thing at that point or were they a focus for for tourism like what was the season like um nothing really opened until maybe a week or two before memorial day uh, was the way that the season kind of worked at that time there's always there was there's always been talk about expanding the shoulder seasons but you to bring people here you kind of needed a reason to because there weren't the leaves aren't on the trees, the buds aren't quite popping yet, so there's not a lot to see, and it's a little muddy. And what's the, it's the natural beauty isn't quite there yet. Um, so we figured if we gave a reason for people to come, that it would it would make it a little bit of way to, to expand the season. And sure, it's about the economy, but it's also it's it's a long winter in Door County, um, and the idea was well maybe we can get the community to come together to help us pull this off. So we. We bring in over 100 volunteers that come and help, and we have some people that have volunteered every year at the same spot to help do the same thing. They have all developed their own traditions, uh, whether they're bringing cocktails to each other at one of the uh, aid stations or one of those points along the way to cheer on the runners or just to help set up the start line and take it down um, right away. So the idea was to say, hey, look, this is something that the community could get behind. It's an outside active event that makes people, that hopefully will make people train for something to keep them healthy too. And really bring a different kind of person to the peninsula. We weren't doing a long distance thing and it kind of drove a whole new audience and talked to a whole new group of people. You know, this next question is going to seem kind of strange in hindsight because of course you would pick this location. But tell, tell me about the decision to set the race in Peninsula State Park. Um, that was an that was an interesting. Uh, well, we looked around for all sorts of locations. Um, the ideal would, of course, be for a race of that length to be a closed course. But a lot of the races around, even in our neighborhood, in our not a neighborhood, even in the Midwest, there aren't enclosed courses. The Fox Cities does a half marathon and a full marathon, and they close portions of that course. But usually, the whole co- part, most of the course is open to traffic, so you're running side by side with cars. So we were trying to find a way that hey. I, I'm, I am not a runner by any means. Um, I'm, I admire those that can go out and run long distances, but my wife has run over 40 marathons and I've watched, I think, 36 or 37 of those. Um, so I've been present at a lot of those. And Lars has run a lot of marathons. He's run Boston. He's run the Duluth run. He's done all sorts of runs all throughout the country. And Michael brought that experience as well. And we were trying to look at how do we create a run for runners built by runners. So what what would a runner want? A runner would want a beautiful landscape to look at, and they'd not want to have to worry about traffic and cars, and they'd want the aid stations to be full of Gatorade and water when they needed it, and if they needed any other kind of energy juice or packet that we'd have that available for them but the really the the safety of the course was important to us and we couldn't think of a more beautiful place than trying to figure out a way to do it in peninsula state park you know there are a lot of events that take place in door county that really began as like friends wanting to get back together and just throw kind of a little party for the town or for the you know businesses or something like that uh this this had an extra element to it. You, you knew that when you put this on, it wouldn't be enough just to invite people to come run through Peninsula State Park. There had to be, uh, there had to be more effort put into the organization of it, right? Talk me through actually getting the marathon put together for that first year and, and what your thoughts were as it you know, was drawing closer. Well, we, we started all of our planning for this in 2007 was when we started talking about it. And it wasn't, in, I think it was the actually the spring of 2007 when Lars and Krista and I started talking around the breakfast table. Then uh, in the fall of that year, we started really talking about making it go. And that's when we started negotiating with the park about, can we close the roads? Can we set up tents in Nicolay Beach? Can we do all those things? And 
in the beginning, it was tough. The park really wasn't open to closing roads. They felt like it was going to be closing the park to the general public. Um, how would that work? We don't. They're, they're supposed to be open to all the public. So how would it work shutting down a road when people, anybody's supposed to be able to drive through? Um, but what actually got it kind of figured out, and we all got on the same page, was one of the people. The actually the the superintendent of the park, his wife organized the uh, the Fourth uh, of July run in the hairpin in Fish Creek. And I, he said, what's wrong with cars running side by side by the runners? And my response was, well, you've seen the, the hairpin run. When a car comes down um, the cottage row and you've got all those runners coming to the finish line, how does it make you feel? Does, is there any anxiety about having a car coming up behind a group of 15 to 30 runners trying to cross the finish line? Um, and he said, yeah, that's not ideal. And I said, that's kind of where we're at. And uh, if we find a way to keep that road open up until really close to when the start happens and make sure we open it back up again when the race is done, can we do that? We'll, we'll make sure we shrink that window as small as we can. But for the safety of the runners, we'll keep it um, closed until those runners cross the line. And we were able to negotiate a way to, to figure that out. Right. And the other part of this, too, like, like I had mentioned, this was really set out to be kind of an event where you would draw people in from all over, right? You were sure. trying to bring in a ton of people and maybe introduce them to Door County for the first time. So walk me through the 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 prep and, and what you actually put in place to to try to increase the professionalness of the of the first marathon. Oh, uh, we, I don't know. You're kind of trying to lead me in a certain way with a question, Andrew. What do you want me to say? Well, here's, here's what I'm trying to get at. Uh, I'm not a runner. I think that doing a run through Peninsula State Park would be great. And I, you would probably wouldn't have to convince me further than that. But what is, what's the element that you wanted to impress upon runners from outside of Door County? Like, what did you want people who are coming here for the first time and, and doing this run to take away? Um, well, the, to get them here was the, basically the adage of, well, we are a run built by runners for runners. Um, instead of being something that's set up to run for a charity event or organized for a way to just to bring people to Door County, it was, we want you to come to run in Door County because we know how to put on a run. We're, we, we are going to look into every angle. We're going to make sure the starting line looks as beautiful as it should. And it, it looks like you're doing an incredibly professional, participating in an incredibly professional event. I mean, we were saying, well, I've watched the Boston Marathon. My wife has run it a few, like 11 times, and I've seen how they do things, and they're kind of the bar that we were setting ourselves up against. And that's a big bar, and people would say that's a little bit of a hubris, Dave, for to go that far. But we knew we couldn't go all the way, but we wanted to make sure that that the shirts we got were the best quality that we could get. The medals that we purchased were of the utmost quality, that we made sure we had enough aid stations that were filled with enough happy people smiling and handing out water and excited to be there. Um, we wanted to make sure that the food at the at the finish line was of quality and good and that it covered all the elements. It made sure that we had some chips that had some salt on them to re to make sure that the runners, after they've lost all that salt through the sweat, that they could get that back through eating some salty potato chips. It was simple details like that that were important to us. And we also wanted to make sure the runners' experience when they finished was great. So we wanted to find a way to maybe they could get beer. And that happened eventually, too, as well. Um, so we got music down there on the, at the Nicolay Beach for the, for the finish line party. And we went out and we went to the other events that we wanted to recruit people from. And we started close and then we slowly moved our way further and further away. Um, my wife and I sat and we set up a display at the Fox City Marathon and tried to invite people there. 
Um, we created a pace team, which was new for most events that would of our size. Usually half marathons don't have pace teams. And a pace team is something where you set up, people have their own goals for how fast they'll finish the event. Um, they want to finish it in two hours. So we have a two hour pace team where we have two people that hold up little signs that say two hours and a group of people can follow them and make sure they're on pace to fit, to finish the event at that time. So with all that being said, uh, the race comes and goes. Did you get there? I think, yeah, I think, well, not the first year we had our own little hiccups, but it was a really good year. We had over 400 people sign up for the first year. And we, th- I think that was pretty darn good for an event, just a kickoff event. Um, the park was happy. We kept everything clean. We got in and out of there, opened up and closed up shop as fast as we possibly could. And the, and the runners seemed to have a really good time doing it. And we, we doubled the next year and then we almost doubled again the following year. So it kept growing and people usually had a great experience. And most of the feedback was that everybody really enjoyed coming up. They felt like they were hosted. The community Oh, I mean, the Door County community just opened their arms to it. They embraced it. Um, the hotels opened up. They were excited to have guests when they normally wouldn't. The restaurants started to open. And back then, we had to convince people to open up. Um, now, there's almost, quote, unquote, too many places open because we actually don't bring in tens of thousands of people. We bring in maybe 9,000 to, to 10,000 people, but we don't bring in enough to support all the restaurants and all the hotels. So now the hotels that used to be stock full are now competing with someone who never decided to open before, but now is. Sure. So you were alluding to earlier, Andrew, about um, how the Peninsula Pacers itself started. So what what happened was is that uh, Lars and, and Michael and I were all sitting around a table trying to figure out how to pull off a race, and we realized that... Um, uh, we don't have the time to do this. Um, I was running a newspaper and a magazine and we were trying to launch our delivery business and we just didn't, and Lars had a restaurant to run and that, and a huge restaurant at that. And Michael was a full-time pastor. He didn't, he didn't have the time or energy. His wife, Betsy was great to help with the guidance, but she didn't have the time to help. So we kind of thought, well, who would be good at this? And Al Johnson stepped up and was a major sponsor to help kind of fund the first employees of the group. And what we did was we tried to find a charitable organization to own the event, but it, it was so much of a risk with what we were talking about that not and no one was really willing to step up into that piece of the puzzle. So we thought, let's start our own company. Um, and that ended up being bringing Brian Fitzgerald in, and he and I started an LLC that then could employ people, not me. I, was, I wasn't really paid for a number of years on this. I did it all volunteer. But we brought Brian and Mary in to run the event and organize it. So then we basically privatized that piece of the puzzle so that we could guarantee it would keep going. Uh, and then we partnered with charities after that where we were able to give a lot of money back to the local charities when we actually started to be able to make money on it. Well, I was going to say, it sounds like the, the half marathon was a big endeavor. Obviously, it was successful enough that you wanted to do it again. But why wasn't the half marathon enough? Why, why do we have to have bike rides and, and beer festivals and all this kind of stuff? Walk me through uh, how the Pacers started to expand. What was the second event that you put on? Well, why? The, the why question is, uh, is the same one that you run into with everything in Door County. Why, why is there the Peninsula Pulse, Door County Living, and the Paperboy? Um, it's because alone, one of those things can't support the staff that it takes. So the Peninsula Pulse, just by itself... It could get it could afford a few of the people that we have on staff, but it couldn't afford all of them. So what's another way to offset some costs? Let's let's make us start a magazine and then, oh, we're delivering all these things. How can we find a way to offset our delivery costs? Let's start a let's start a delivery business. That's how that kind of all that kind of stuff evolved. Um, So the same thing was I was looking at the Pacers, you know, the half marathon. We realized quickly 
was going to be a full-time job, but it's not, it wasn't enough income to afford to pay for someone to look at as a full-time job, let alone we knew it needed a full-time person probably, and plus an assistant and an admin of some sort. So how do we create enough income on a year-round basis to support the main, or our, what, what has become and still is our main event of the half marathon? So at the time, um, the Ridges had a bike ride called the Ridges Ride. It, they had about 300 riders that would come and they would ride to, for the Ridges. And they raised a total of anywhere between nine and $10,000. Um, and then they'd end up paying about half of that back in everything that they did, like the, the shirts that they had that they gave to the riders and the food that they provided to the riders. So I was talking to Brian one day, and Brian's an avid cyclist, and said, hey, what if we approach the Ridges Sanctuary to partner with them to help them put on a ride? And he said, oh, that's an interesting idea. So we, we came, went into it with a three-year contract with them and said, hey, for if we'll guarantee you X amount of dollars, and then we'll take whatever more you can make out of that. And what we basically went in there and said, we'll guarantee you twice as much as what you're netting right now if you let us organize it and take the additional proceeds to help come to us. And our first year, we I think we had 600 riders, and then we got up to 800. Um, we added jerseys that we sold, and we just increased the the uh, idea and the concept of a bike ride in Door County. Well, and that would become the Peninsula Century Spring Classic, correct? Correct. That evolved into, so what happened was, is the Ridges said, you know, we can't commit to all this volunteer time. It's kind of taking us off our mission. And we're involving a lot of volunteers in a bike ride when we kind of would like them to be helping and build more trails or do more fundraising outside of just this one specific event. Um, so they said, we'd prefer you don't use the name Ride for the Ridges if you're not fundraising specific to us, but feel free to keep doing a bike ride. So that's how that kind of evolved. Right. And with a spring classic then has to come a fall challenge. Well, right? well there is a, there's a step in between if you're actually doing the time frame about how all these, de- and these events developed in, in that, that was, I believe 2010 when we did our first Ridges ride. Um, we did a rigid, we still were working with them in 2012. We launched a beer fest. Um, and, and that just came out of someone coming to me and saying, Hey, what if we did a cheese fest? And then I said, well, what if we did a beer fest? And then John McMahon and I sat down and we figured out a way to do a beer fest. And we thought, well, what's the best day to do that on? And we thought, well, there's already some people in town. Those people like carbs. They like beer. Let's put the beer fest on the same day as the bike ride, because that way we could kind of, maybe the both audiences would serve each other and we can make more of a festival atmosphere in Bailey's Harbor. So that's how the beer, the beer fest launched, um, and that's how it got in conjunction with the the Peninsula Century. Um, and yeah, we then said, okay, we've got a spring ride. Why don't we do a fall ride? Um, the the challenge there is that there already is a, a Door County Century, um, so called. That's the I believe it's the Sunday after Labor Day. And we thought, well, we don't want to compete directly with them, but we also want to. We think that it, there's an opportunity to you know, kind of expand that. Like if someone's willing to do a century ride, maybe they'll stay for a week and do two century rides. So we thought, let's start the Peninsula Century Fall Challenge and do it the weekend after uh, that Door County Century. We'll call it the Peninsula Century Fall Challenge. We've added in um, some actual challenges where time trials for some of the people that participate. So it's a little bit more of a race in some portions of the event. And, and yeah, that's grown over time as well. I'm glad that you used the word race because I've used the word race to describe the centuries before and uh, I've been corrected quite a bit that they're not races. They're, they they're are rides. They, they are rides, but within the rides, there are some races, and, but they're personal. They're, you're racing against the clock. You're racing against others, but not side by side. 
Um, our concern with doing calling it a race is that we are confined to roads that are being used in this case, as opposed to the half marathon. And we don't want people racing side by side up a, up a hill or around a curve in Door County with our roads. It's just not safe. Right. That's a good distinction. I actually haven't heard it described to me that way in terms of safety. I like that. Uh, I, I liken it to squares and rectangles, right? No, not the same thing, Andrew. Kind of. All squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares. All races are rides, but not all rides are races. Okay, fair enough. Except this one does have a race in it. The scent of the, the fall challenge does, yes. Right. So uh, we've got the bike rides. We've got the beer fest. Do you want to expound on beer fest at all? Because beer fest is kind of a cool thing in that it's bringing in uh, a lot of local breweries, but also breweries from outside of Door County and outside of Wisconsin as well to kind of be this big beer showcase. Yeah, we started with beer from everywhere. And then kind of we've really, really kind of molded the event. Uh, Kate Shanks, who actually works in the Pulse office as well as our kind of official beer coordinator. She's looking at all the Midwest beers and she tries to go off for a, a variety of types of beer as well so it's not all one kind or another we get some stouts and we get some ales and not just uh, the same old thing of everything that you see everywhere so we really kind of pulled it into a midwest beer festival as opposed to a national or international beer fest if you want if you want german beers you should go to germany uh, if you want good midwestern beers um, with a great kind of stylized collection by kate shanks you should come to door county beer festival yeah i really struggle to talk about beer uh, i like beer i'm not super knowledgeable about it and i want to become more knowledgeable but every time i talk about beer i end up saying something a little wrong and then kate corrects me in the office because she does listen to the podcast and I've been corrected by her a number of times for saying that uh, an ale is something that it's not or a lager is something that it's not. She has a, a vast amount of knowledge in that. It's not good to kind of question her on those or challenge her. Right. And I, I never would. Yeah. I absolutely never would. And she's helped expand the VIP piece of that as well. It's kind of, it's been fun to watch that event event grow. I agree. And I also uh, really appreciate the food that's available at the Beer Fest as well, because it's a little different than what you might expect. Uh, we've got some really great chefs that come in and kind of put on these pop-up like food truck kind of things. And it, it's it's very different. Like I know that Mike Holmes had did like goat cheese sandwiches there at when I went one time and it was completely he had oysters. That, yeah, he had oysters there too. Yeah. So different than what you might expect at like a festival. The, mm -hmm. the festival food at the Beer Fest is really top notch. And we try to bring in a band um, as well. And, and that, and that's where we get the cross rep, the cross audience between the, the bike riders as well, the band and the music, people can come and listen to that and get the bike riders can come and enjoy that food if they want, if they want a different kind of selection than what we offer otherwise. So when, uh, when does the idea for the pond hockey tournament come about? Oh, that's interesting. I, the timing is going to be tough for me to Remember, was it 2016, I, I think, or 15 was our first well, and pond who, hockey tournament? Well, whose idea was it? Because I know Miles loves the pond hockey tournament. Miles does, but it wasn't Miles. Um, it Brian is an avid hockey player. Um, he's a really good hockey player, too. Uh, and he, he kind of broached the idea and brought it forward. And I was, I'll be up. Be honest, I was a little skeptical. I was like, I, uh, I don't love the cold and being on the cold, being on the ice when it potentially is 30 below zero, watching people skate around. Um, I played pond hockey as a kid. I played it all the way up and through actually through college. I played on the pond with friends and I really enjoy it. Uh, but I just thought, oh, organizing another event and what if I don't want to be around? And Brian gave me some guarantees. He told me that, no, Dave, you don't have to be there, but we'd, I'd love for you to get excited about this idea. And I... 
started working on a logo and I started to get more and more excited about it. And yeah, the Pond Hockey Tournament's grown from five teams to over 50. So it's been a fun little um, adventure this year. It's, it's the last event we put on, by the way, before the pandemic hit. We did it in February of 2020 and we haven't done an event since. Right. Yeah. I, I have an interesting relationship with pond hockey in that I am like you and I don't like to be cold and I don't like to be out on the ice because it freaks me out a little bit. Uh, but every year I get asked to go to the pond hockey tournament to do video and I always do it. And it's a good time. There's a lot of people there having fun and there's good food. Uh, but it's it's one of my least favorite assignments to do every year. Even though but, it's cool footage, I just, it, I'm cold and waddling down the ranks. Yeah, you got to get the, I've been told that too. And I've, I've succumbed to it. I can handle. So the first few years, it was a long, long day. Um, Miles and Brian and Kate, Kate's there too. Kate doesn't like the cold either, but, and she kind of grumbles about being there too. Uh, but she's there longer than I am. I can't complain that. And that's why you can't complain either, because you and I are probably there for maybe two or three hours while those yeah. guys are there for eight or nine. So, um, but I've been told over the years that Dave, if I just, if you just get the right boots and if you wear the right pants and you wear the, you actually wear a jacket and warm enough gloves, you'll be fine. And that's true. You can stay warmer a lot longer if you got, if you're not wearing like a pair of sneakers out on the ice, it's not a good idea. Right. Uh, the, you mentioned, you know, the, how many teams compete in Pontaki and how that's kind of grown. And I know that there are some, you know, numbers that we've kept track of over the years to, to tell things. And I think Miles told me once that like you, it's a pretty large percentage of people, especially for like the Door County half marathon who are running it for the first time every year. Uh, and, and so it, it, I guess it kind of goes to, to show that like this, these different events, while they are great Door County events, and I'm sure locals enjoy them just as much as people coming from elsewhere, the people that are coming up, maybe this is their first time coming to Door County or being introduced to the county through an event like this. Uh, I feel like that was part of the inspiration for the half marathon early on, but is that something that you you know, still find pride in, or is that something that you still strive to do is bring new people to Door County for the first time through these events? Yeah, it's nice to introduce people who are looking to actively participate in Door County to, for people that want to come here and experience what we have, but also to, to kind of, I don't know the right word, to be active lifestyle, to, to come here and look for new things, to be able to experience new beer, to be able to come up here and, and enjoy and find a completely different setting that they'd never run in before. And everybody's reaction to running in Peninsula State Park is the same. It's just this awe of coming around the corners and seeing the, the, the trees open up, the woods open up to the lake or up and across a bluff where you're running with these huge vista views. It's beautiful. And it's, it's a once in a lifetime experience. If you only do it once, I encourage people to do it as many times as they possibly can, because I think those kind of goals and setting them and hitting them is an incredible thing for you to be able to accomplish. So we've covered the half marathon, the Peninsula Centuries, the beer festival and pond hockey. Are there any that we're missing? Uh, yeah, we started the Hey Hey 5K a few years ago. That was in conjunction with the Door County Brewing Company. Um, we thought, hey, there's a there every year um, there's Autumn Fest that the town of Bailey's Harbor puts on. What if we partner with the Door County Brewing Company and put a run on the early in the morning of that of Saturday of that event and have people start and finish at the brewery? And uh, the owners of the brewery at the time loved the idea, and we set up a start and finish. It's a 5K that kind of loops around the uh, a little the western part of Bailey's Harbor and back to the brewery, and it's a fun time. And it's it, yeah, that so we started that and. And then we've partnered with One Barrel Brewing as well, where we've started a, a short little run with them as well. And noticing a trend in all of these active events 
having a beer component in them as well. Now, is that just the the partnerships that you've made over the years, or is there something more to that? Uh, runners like beer. Uh, I mean, like you you go to some of the most of these marathons, and some of the one of the first things that runners ask for is a beer. Um, you finish you finish Chicago, and there's an option for you to have a beer. You finish Boston, there's an option for you to get a beer. Um, it's just one of those. It's a carb thing, and it's part of like I've done this whole thing. I've earned this kind of thing. Um, that's how I, I feel after I'm done shooting video of these events too. I always go to the beer tent like I've earned this. One of the one of the best things I've seen at a Boston marathon is I I try to get to the finish at a certain point to watch my wife finish, and there was one guy. It finished pretty well ahead of her because I got there early, but he had, you know, you've seen the horse with the carrot, you know, the, the stick with the carrot on the end to keep the horse running. There right. was a guy with a bandana on, a dowel with a can of Budweiser at the end of it, and he was running and crossed the finish line for that. So everybody's got their goals, and runners just seem to like the idea of a beer. All right. I, I interrupted you. You were talking about the Hey Hey 5K, and then you had partnered with One Barrel. Yep, and we've got a 2.6-mile run that we do with One Barrel, and we do that the Saturday after Thanksgiving. We've done that once. We didn't get the opportunity to do it again last year. It was fun. We got a bunch of people out there, and the idea is that, again, you get to do a run. It's a little cooler time of year because it's in November, um, but it's a it's a quick run around and you come back and you finish with a beer and you join some music and have fun with your friends and family. Now, it's not a turkey trot, though, because it takes place after Thanksgiving. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. We're not trying to compete with the turkey trots. And that's one. I mean, we always run into who else is doing an event and we don't want to compete with them. We want to add to them. So the only race I ever competed in was a turkey trot. And I got a turkey at the end because I was the only person in my age bracket. Congratulations. I wasn't aware of this, Andrew. I I ran with my wife, who is really getting into running, uh, or she was before we had our child, and she's starting to ramp back up into it. Uh, But it was my first 2K or 2.5K or something like that, and I was the only person in my age bracket. Uh, So we took home two turkeys that race. Wow. It was fantastic. What did you do with them? I'm just curious. Did you each get your own turkey? You So you did your own basting, and you had to get an extra oven, or how did you do that? No, uh, we because my parents live in Minnesota and her parents live here we will do double holidays a lot on alternating weekends so when my parents came up the week before thanksgiving we had my turkey and then when her parents got together for thanksgiving we had her turkey nice yeah it worked out that's a lot of turkey it is i wouldn't recommend doing two thanksgivings in a row like we do uh we, we try to do when my parents come up uh my mom cooks a lot and she's a great cook and when she comes up she usually makes meals all weekend so for Thanksgiving, we try to do something different than like a big Thanksgiving meal. So we'll do like make your own pizzas or things like that. Oh, you got it in. I was going to say, we just made it almost made it through a whole podcast without you talking about pizza. I you don't just, have a got... weird thing about pizza. I only talk about it with you and we've only talked about it three times. Um, but so, so we'll do that. And so then, it's turkey pizza. No, no, no. Oh, okay. This one time we did a small Thanksgiving dinner cause we had an extra turkey, but then with the Lindstrom's, uh, my wife's family, we do the the big Thanksgiving feast. I couldn't do that two year or two weeks in a row. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. But we can, you know, I, I made those two turkeys work. I, yeah. I had earned them because I had done yeah. the turkey shot. Well, and that's part of why we do that. We we chose the the Saturday after Thanksgiving for a run is because people are kind of itching to move around a little bit. You know, Friday is that recovery from that large turkey meal and all that, and Saturday you're kind of ready. All right, I feel a little guilty for the amount of I consumed in terms of food and beverage. It's time to run some of that off. Right. Did we hit them all? Are there any others that we're missing? I think that's all of them. I mean, I think that's enough for the moment, although we're always talking about new ideas about what we could do next. And that's always an entertaining piece of the puzzle, too. If you could if you could add another event to the Pacers repertoire in something other than running or biking or those types of things, what would it be? 
This is one of those things where I do not want to answer that question. Why, this could be the start of something incredible. That is, uh, and, that, and I'm, it will we'll have an article about it on the website. It'll be like it all started in 2021 when Dave Elliott and Andrew Clyden were talking for the Door County Pulse podcast. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling pulled in enough directions as it is, Andrew. That I'm not I'm not ready to throw another thing in that at this moment. Maybe another podcast we can come up with, and maybe you can end that with each one we talk about. Is what will be a good event, Dave? Are you ready? What are you gonna do? I, I'll do that. Are you sure that you don't want to jump in on the Door County three-legged run with me? I, yes. Because I think that that could be a good opportunity. There's a lot of avid three-legged runners out there who I think would really enjoy coming to Door County for the first time. If you think there's an audience for that, we, we can support you in that event, but we will not own that and run that one. How about right. that? Well, you heard it here first, folks. Go ahead and send your event submissions to David Elliott uh, for the, the next Pacers event. Thanks, Andrew. It's much appreciated. You're welcome. Well, Dave, uh, I think that that's going to do it for us today. Thank you so much for chatting with me about the history of the Pacers. We'll see where we go next with this series. I think uh, I think we've gotten a lot of the history done, but there's still some avenues that we have left to explore, I think. Yeah, I think there's a lot of other people we could bring in and get their perspective, too, because none of this is possible without so many people in the community. All right. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Oxford. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.